Hello, and welcome to the 404 Media Podcast, where we bring you unparalleled access to hidden worlds, both online and IRL. 404 Media is a journalist-founded company and needs your support. To subscribe, go to 404media.co. As well as over bonus content, subscribers can hear us answer their questions in future podcasts. Ask us anything you want on podcast at 404media.co. I'm your host, Joseph, and with me are 404 Media co-founders, Sam Cole. Hello. Emmanuel Mayberg. Hey, what's up? And Jason Kebler. You told me that you were going to mix up who you introduced first, and I feel like I've been introduced last, at least the last two times. Uh-huh. What's I, with well, that? I'm building a false sense of security, but now I've told you as well, so that, uh, I don't know. I have, I, have to, I have to war game this. I have to play I it out. I amped myself up to say something earlier, and, and yet again, I was last. Sure. I'm sure. always ready. I'm going to jump early one of these times if you mix it up. I'm going to be like, I'm going to Nice to be here. I think one time I'm going to be just, and everybody's here, go. And we all have to jump in at the same time. Yeah. Um, Should we? Uh, I think we can do this now to hijack right away. Emmanuel's wearing a shirt, a cool shirt. Yes, he is. You want to talk about your shirt, Emmanuel? I got a mysterious package in the mail. I opened it up, and it was filled with the most beautiful clothing items that I've ever seen in my life. And also, I've, I've heard for unbelievable value. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I think, I think that they were on uh, Milan Fashion Week. Is, I, I believe I saw them. Pa- pa- Paris Fashion Week is coming up soon. That means they well, came I with think. bedbugs, so... Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, but yeah, this is our first piece of merch. Well, we have a few pieces. Uh, obviously, if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, you'll be able to see. But for audio listeners only, there's a small little logo of the 404, I don't know, mascot, whatever we call it. And then on the back, there is the 404 Media logo itself. Give us a spin, um, man. Can you spin around? Yeah, give us a little spin. Can you... Yeah, oh, see that. It is, right. it is. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can buy this now. We, we have a, sh- a little shop set up, and uh, I'm mailing them from my garage, so it's not a drop shipping scheme. It's, not yet. Uh, <laughs> they're mailed with love. Uh, where can people go buy those, Jason? Uh, shop.404media.co. Uh, you can also find the link at the top of our website, if you don't remember that. Sure. All right. Uh, we also have a couple of hats as well, which none of us are wearing right now, uh, but they will, you know, keep you in the shade. Stop you getting sunburned. So that's good as well. We have a lot of hats, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, we have like 30 of each type of hat. We have an explorer's hat, uh, which is khaki and has little buttons on the side and that I've worn surfing a few times and stayed on while I was duck diving under waves. And then we have a traditional white bucket hat. Uh, that Sam modeled. So you can check that out. Very good. I will also endorse the shirt as well. Um, All right. As for this week, we have a couple of stories to go into. The first one, uh, I mean, it's it's two stories, but they're sort of very much similar uh, in theme. And Emmanuel did one and then did the other one immediately after. Uh, The first one is called, I joined an exclusive club of YouTube porn hunters. So, Emmanuel, you've been following this community for a while. 
who obviously they find ways to upload content to YouTube or they hunt out, you know, explicit content that's already on the platform, which, you know, as everyone would know, shouldn't probably be on YouTube, at least judging by their nudity or their pornographic terms of use, right? So before we get into the exploit that's being used here and sort of the videos, I mean, how did you, how did you come across these people? Jason sent me a link to a Reddit community where people shared videos on YouTube that contain nudity. Most of them are pretty mild. Um, they're scenes from movies, um, photo shoots from models, things like this. But there was a post in there about a Discord channel that you can only join once you apply. You mm-hmm. have to pass a test in order to get in. And it was advertised as like the real shit. It's like everybody knows about these Reddit communities on Reddit. They're pretty well populated. There's a lot of posts there. People share stuff. And it goes down pretty quickly. And the post that was pitching the Discord community was like, if you want the real stuff that doesn't get taken down, the really explicit stuff on YouTube, you have to join this Discord channel. And the way that you join is first you get the link and then you're in some sort of like waiting room and to get past that, you have to pass a test. And the test is you have to find your own previously undiscovered YouTube videos that contain nudity. And if you find them and submit them and they're still live on YouTube after 48 hours, you can get in. And once I saw that, I just immediately took it as a challenge. So you have to provide an offering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You You can't just like jump into the community. You have to like contribute. And only once you're contribute, you're allowed in. Um, This is the case with a lot of Discord communities mm -hmm. that I'll join as well, especially like the hacking ones. Like they will say, uh, well, at minimum, please uh, respond with an emoji and we'll let you in to keep the bots out or fill out this capture or you have to answer a question. But this is beyond that. This is like our Discord, uh, Discord community is so exclusive that you have to provide something. To even be Joseph, do you, do you join hacking communities where they're like, hack a nuclear reactor and prove it, cause, I, cause an international you disaster? I, I swear I have seen like forums, this was a long time ago, where they're like, you have to prove you're a hacker. I'm like, how the hell are you going to go do that? Okay, but in in this case, you you did get in a manual. So you, you do that step, right? Um, what do you see when you're in there? And then how are they finding these videos? So it was interesting because once I got in there, I saw that the primary method is the one that I came up with naturally when I was trying to find my own videos. And that is, if you look at YouTube's policy, it's pretty restrictive against nudity and what they call sexually gratifying content, which is a whole can of worms that I don't want to get into because there's plenty of feet videos on YouTube that are not nudity, but definitely somebody's getting off to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you think about it, there's a, there's a clause in there where it's like, if it's educational, then it's allowed, right? It's like, you can watch birthing videos on YouTube and grooming videos. And what I did, I just searched for, bikini wax and then sorted the results by videos that were posted that week and immediately you see like pretty explicit 
videos because if, if you want to document that process and you really want to educate someone on how to do it, you can't avoid, you know, seeing someone's vagina. Like that's, that's how it works. Um, and that's a lot of what people were doing. The thing that I thought was really interesting and kind of funny is that under the educational category, there's two genres of videos. One is a legitimately educational video. Um, I saw one from like a agency in Texas that teaches women about breastfeeding and it's like very informative and, 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 and useful. But if you search for breastfeeding videos on YouTube, you will find tons of videos that are just, you know, women fondling their breasts and they're like clearly taken from other adult videos. So they're, they're, they're using the educational tag as a cover essentially to be like hey look don't remove this because it's educational when in practice it's not right so it's like educational in the title in the description and then also sometimes there's audio over the video that is maybe ripped from a legitimately educational video um and we don't know exactly how they're playing youtube's moderation methods but very clearly it's not sophisticated enough to sort through the real ones and the fake ones. Right, that makes sense. So you have these people, as you say, hunting out nudity on YouTube, um, maybe uploading their own, right? And they're using, uh, some of them are using the educational banner as cover. But then, if I understand correctly, there's another type, which is what's in your second story, which are that people are using, basically, they're taking advantage of vulnerabilities in YouTube to then just host videos even without the cover. Like, they don't need it because they use this exploit, which will then keep the video up, and they don't even need to do that. So this next story, which we just published today, is that people are using a glitch to upload porn to YouTube, and YouTube can't delete it. Um, you, You spoke to somebody who knew how this bug worked. I mean, how did they characterize it exactly? So I spoke to the person who claims that uh, they discovered the glitch. And this is somewhat technical, but basically what happens is when you upload a video to YouTube, you fill out a bunch of fields, the title, the description, and then there's tags, right? In the same way that you would um, like hashtag a tweet, you there's a field for just like tagging the video for discoverability. And the character limit on that box is 500 characters, I believe. And what this person discovered is that the input new line, which is what your keyboard does when you press return, right? Literally jumps you to a new line. Um, YouTube doesn't count that as a character. Hmm. And this person claims that they knew this because this was the case in other places on the site. It's just like a thing across YouTube, they said, where YouTube doesn't count that as a character. So they just tried it there and they input new line like you know three million times or something like an obscene amount yeah yeah like a non-human amount right yes and for whatever reason i don't know why this person doesn't know why and youtube didn't tell us why but it appears that what happens is if you abuse this glitch then youtube is no longer able or was no longer able to change the visibility settings of a video. So if you post a video to YouTube, you can choose for it to be private, public, or unlisted. And when YouTube deletes a video, that is a similar change. It takes a video and takes it from visible in some way to not visible. Mm-hmm. 
And this person claims that with this bug in place, when YouTube deletes the video, it doesn't or deletes the entire channel, it just doesn't change the visibility settings. So the channel itself might be deleted, but if you have the link to the video, you can still see it. And the type of videos that these people were posting were much more graphic and blatant than the like educational loophole. They were straight up videos ripped from Pornhub with the Pornhub pre-roll. And it's just like hardcore porn on YouTube for, you know, more than a week is what I saw. I think the earliest video I saw was posted like September 21st. Right. Um, and, today, and it just stayed and now up it's there. Early, yeah, now it's early October. So like you've been, yeah. you've been seeing these for a while. Just to like hammer home how this exploit works. Basically, a sort of simple way of thinking about it, if I understand correctly, is that they, they go to upload a video. They basically overload it with data to the point where it messes with uh, the YouTube system for setting whether a video is uh, public or private or even like available or not. And it messes that up in such a way that these hardcore videos can exist even when the account is deleted, which is crazy. Correct. Yeah. And you use the term when we were talking today. This has a name and and, and uh, programming that we... Yes, I would say it's potentially a buffer overflow. I would right. also say that, as re- as listeners and readers may know, I haven't covered hacking in like a while, and I like need to brush up on some of my much more technical terms as I've moved into privacy. But yes, that uh, essentially that that's basically what's going here. You're overloading a system with like garbage data to the point where it's doing something that is um, very very unexpected. And one of those unexpected things is that when you go and look at these videos beyond the actual porn itself, which is like, whoa, okay, that's on YouTube. The UI looks really different, right? How does that look? So you go to a YouTube page, the video loads, the search bar above the video loads and your recommendation bar on the right side loads, but nothing else does. Not the username, not like the account name, not the likes, not the views, not the comments. Anything below the video doesn't load. And that's how we got wise to the fact that something weird was going on here because I was just in that normal Pornhub, uh, I'm sorry, YouTube porn hunting uh, Discord. And I clicked on a video and I was like, this is all broken. And it's hardcore pornography. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, maybe they deleted it. And it's like, it's taking time on the back end for YouTube to like actually remove the entire page. But then we checked it the next day and the day after, and it was still up. And that's kind of how we we, we started to explore what's going on here. Yeah. So what is the like ultimate consequence of this bug and it being exploited? Is it that... V- videos that can usually that would usually be caught by youtube's filters can exist on the platform is it that the videos can stay up for a long time like what's the actual like end consequence sort of of this do you think i wouldn't describe it as some emergency or huge problem and also to be clear i don't care that there's adult content on youtube for all i care just like post all the porn you want i it doesn't bother me um I think what it actually shows is just how big and complicated YouTube is. It's been used since 2005, I think. It's taking in, what is it, 500 hours of of videos every minute. And it's just one company trying to moderate all of this. And as you and 
Jason and all of us have written over the years, when you have a platform that is that big and is taking in so much user-generated content, you can't really perfectly moderate it. And I think that's just an example of what this is, that there are users out there who in some ways understand YouTube better than YouTube does, and they just find little cracks in the system and ways to abuse it. Though the abuse here is like, I don't think your child is going to find one of these videos by mistake. I don't think it's harming anyone. If it's harming anyone, it's just, you know, the creators whose porn is being pirated and and shared on YouTube. Yeah, sure. Jason, you were going to say something? It's a really cool and interesting community, in my opinion. It's just like, someone emailed us and said, like, why are people doing this? I think that was one of my mentions on Mastodon. And it's like, they're doing it because they're weirdos and because they can. It's like, there's nothing beyond it. It's like, can you get, can you sneak porn onto YouTube? That's, it's a challenge. It's like, can you beat this trillion dollar company at their own game? And like Emmanuel said, most of this stuff is not that, I mean, it's graphic and that it's nudity, but it's not, no one's getting hurt really um, outside of maybe the piracy element of things, but it's not like this, they're not uploading like ISIS terrorism videos or white nationalism. Well, that's what I was going to ask in that, you know, I remember covering years ago when obviously um, ISIS was a much more uh, serious presence than it is now. But, I, you know, I wrote scripts that would check YouTube videos or, sorry, check YouTube for ISIS propaganda and see how long it got taken to be removed, that sort of thing. And it basically showed that, you know, although YouTube had improved and it was cracking down, there were still, like, significant gaps at the time. Um and YouTube's moderation of it. Now, you know, as as you both say, this is sort of a harmless community. It's people having fun. But what do what does anybody think about the idea that what if this did end up in the hands of somebody, you know, like a terrorist organization or like somebody spreading misinformation? Even me saying that out, out loud like sounds ridiculous because oh my god, is ISIS going to get in a Discord channel with all these guys and like figure out how to upload you? Like, no, probably not. Um, but like, is there room for abuse here? Do you think that's beyond the the piracy of, you know, sex workers material? I mean, you certainly could in theory abuse this to, uh, some end like you're describing, but I would say it's more that it's like, this is a fringe example of a much more pervasive problem on YouTube, which, as I said, it's like, they can't fully understand their own machine, and there's stuff that is like way closer to the surface that is potentially harmful. You know, plenty of studies that we can pull up right now about like um, radicalization and extremism on YouTube and stuff like that. So I think it just points to that problem, but in a more weird, extreme way. Yeah, sure. Totally. Um, all right. Let's leave that there. I'm sure Emmanuel will be keeping an eye on that community and see what else they get up to uh when we come back after the break we're going to be talking about how food delivery robots in la which deliver food for uber eats are providing footage to the lapd which is a ridiculous sentence and it took me a while to get that out uh we'll be right back after this Joseph here. 
Today I've got something for the Apple fans among you. Cultcast is the official podcast of Cult of Mac. If you're looking for a tech show that doubles as a comedy podcast, this is for you. This show gives you the biggest news headlines in the Apple and tech sphere for that week. It's got Apple news, reviews, even how-tos. The team is an international squad of Apple experts blogging around the clock who have also written for Wired, Scientific American, The Guardian and Fast Company. They sift through all the rumours, tweets and news coverage of the week, bringing you what's most important and having a laugh while doing it. Join the community and stay up to date on everything Apple in just 30 minutes a week and have some fun doing it. Find Cultcast wherever you listen to podcasts or at cultofmac.com. And we're back. As mentioned, we're going to be talking about food delivery robots and Uber Eats and the LAPD. The title of this piece that Jason wrote is Food Delivery Robots Are Feeding Camera Footage to the LAPD, Internal Emails Show. I think this was my headline, and I was very proud that I got feeding in there because food to yeah okay whatever. i didn't even notice that till right now Dude, i didn't we, even that's what i didn't even i didn't parse that's what i'm talking about we're on the second level now when it comes <laughs> to the puns in our headlines and i'm going to get them continue to get them out there um first of all jason i mean i'm not familiar with these robots really i don't know if sam or emmanuel are. well actually sam have you have you ever seen these I've robots? never seen one. I've been to LA a couple times. I think they're mostly in LA, right? Like that's kind of where they're maybe some in Austin or something. But like, yeah, I've never seen one in any of my. They're, they're in LA, and then the they're, they're also very common in uh, college campuses, like all okay. over the country. They're common in college campuses. Okay, I go to neither of those places, so I've <laughs> not seen these robots either. Uh, Emmanuel, you haven't, right? I have not. I have not, and I would react very. Uh, violently, I think if I saw one of these on the streets of uh, where I live, yeah, I don't, don't, don't like the look of this. Streets are too narrow for this here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, to give to give listeners a sense, they're just these small little robots with wheels and a camera attached on them. You know, the the companies claim that they are powered by AI, but it turns out a lot of the time it's just somebody driving them, like a remote control car or whatever. Um, Jason, before we get into the specifics of the story, yes, all of us may not have really seen these, but these are a common sight in LA. Can you just sum up like how commonly you you see them and like are they yeah, actually being I'll, I'll used? I'll try to do this quickly. So there's two companies. One is called Coco, and one is called Serve. Coco does Santa Monica, which is technically a different city, but it's basically a different neighborhood in LA. I used to live in Santa Monica. I saw these things all the time. Like every time I walk my dog, I saw them. And one time it like almost, it cut me and my dog off while I was walking. Wow. And I flicked off the robot uh, because I was mad. You swore at the robot? I swore at the robot and the robot did a 360 and like blinked its little lights at me. No. Um, Because they're remotely piloted by people with like Xbox controllers. I've seen people... um, the companies come out to like different street fairs and stuff. And they're like, try to drive our robot. It's like, they've made it very cute. I'll send around the video for uh, our, our paid subscribers. If you want to see me. Oh uh, yeah. Get in yeah a fight absolutely. With the robot. <laughs> Anyways, there's another one called serve that does Uber eats. Uh, and there, that's an LA proper, like the city of LA. And it's in, I don't know, like eight different neighborhoods. 
the day at, the same day we published this article, I went to West Hollywood, which is one of the neighborhoods that it operates in, and I saw fifteen of them while I was sitting at a bar. That's like, crazy. It was a sidewalk bar. I saw I saw at least fifteen of them. Like they are very common. I see them every single day. This is like so alien to me it sounds like i'm in cyberpunk or or something or well like any <laughs> uh yeah like a, a really shit version <laughs> like cyberpunk dystopia um they're really they're... controversial too like there's sure. comment there's there's always threads on red on the la subreddit like do people like these robots do they not like the robots on next door there's all these fights about them and that's why i filed foyas because i was just like um are people filing complaints about this? Right. Yes. So you mentioned FOIAs. So what you got was you sent public records requests and you got a bunch of emails between the LAPD and Serve Robotics, which is one of the companies you mentioned, and a mu- uh, including a bunch of other stuff. They describe a specific case where two men tried and failed to steal one of these robots. It wasn't a manual, even though that's how he would react. But what happened <laughs> what happened in that instance like that actual crime and then how did serve and the LAPD respond so two men tried to pick up this robot and oh, no. put it into a box truck like into a u-haul essentially with a ramp that had a ramp on it and the robot just drove off the truck uh-huh. and and like drove away and it was fine like it wasn't really i think it there was some minor damage to it and the robot like was not stolen but the cops were called the cops came and they arrested the two people who tried to steal the robot and then in the follow up this happened in march i believe in the follow up the driver of that robot sent the video feed from the robot like what the robot was seeing to the LAPD and a court case was opened, and as part of the court case, the LAPD separately subpoenaed that footage, and Serve Robotics responded to that subpoena and gave the footage again, according to the emails that I got. And the, the emails were, were very clear. It was like evidence submission, footage from robot, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um and then there were emails back and forth just saying like, yes, we responded to your subpoena. We, we responded to your link request, so on and so forth. And the two people who tried to steal the robot were convicted, according to Serve, uh, at least partially based on the footage that was shot by this robot. And then after the fact, the CEO of the company published a Medium post, published a redacted version of the footage that the robot took, and made it all cute and talked about how they're going to handle cases like this in the future, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. The cuteness is odd. Yeah. As you mentioned, they have the robot at these fairs and you can do it and it's very much in the marketing. Uh, but there is, you know, other considerations to have with these robots. Let me just clarify something. So the robot, <laughs> for lack of a, way, a lack of a better way of pulling it, the robot is a victim of a crime. I don't even know if that's actually possible. And as you said, it, it got away. The robot was fine. Nothing happened to the bloody robot. But um, in the first case, Surf voluntarily provided that footage more as sort of the victim of that crime. But more importantly, the LAPD served a subpoena, as you said, 
onto serve and then they responded to that i think that is the really important part uh, of this article right this shows that these robots driving around they're filming a lot of the time and the LAPD or other law enforcement can request that data. Yes, in this case, it was about some people trying to steal a robot. But it could easily be about, you know, something else. Like maybe it sees a shoplifter from another property running across or or it does whatever, right? And, hey, we want a subpoena to all the robots that were <laughs> driving past Jason while he was having a beer on the sidewalk, all 15 of them, or whatever, right? Is that the important part here? you think of the of this story yeah so the emails show that serve saw a very close relationship with the lapd there's all of these emails back and forth between serve and lapd saying like you should come to our headquarters we should work closer together and this is ostensibly because people keep fucking with their robots like people try to steal them people like hit like tip them over so on and so forth and they wanted a mechanism for stopping this and you can kind of see in the emails, like I'm reading into it a little bit, but you can see in the emails the LAPD's like a light bulb going off in their collective heads where they're like internal emails between the police being like, we need a partnership with this company. Like go, they use the word partnership. We, right. need, to fo- we need to form a partnership with this company. And there's like all this talk of them going to the headquarters and learning what they do and so on and so forth. And then there's another light bulb moment where like the LAPD realizes that it can subpoena this footage from serve. And it's like, if serve is getting a subpoena, they pretty much have to comply with it. It's like, if the footage exists, they basically need to provide it. I mean, there there's very limited exceptions or like you can ignore a subpoena, but then you perhaps have a separate legal battle that you need to fight. And so that's the really concerning thing to me is that this footage is, is happening. It's being recorded. The LAPD knows it's being recorded and the LAPD has realized that it can ask for it. Yeah, totally. It reminds me that we have products or services that end up being used in very interesting sort of surveillance context that we don't anticipate. You know, there's been a lot of reporting uh, over the years and then in Bloomberg again recently about how police do reverse location data warrants, which is like, okay, we're not going to go and ask for the location of a particular phone. We're going to go and ask what phones were in this location at this time. We want to know all of the 50, 100, 150 phones that were in this place. Uh and, you know, you can imagine, certainly, that there could be a subpoena for, we want all the footage from, you know, robots during this time. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, yes, they may be delivering food, but they're also walking um, cam- or driving cameras, essentially, right? Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people, when I published this article, a lot of people were like, wow, I had no idea. Thank you so much for doing this article. But the the main criticism that I got, which I think is bullshit, which I talked about, is people saying, oh, the cops subpoena a camera. Like, how is this any different from subpoenaing any surveillance camera? How is it any different from uh, subpoenaing like a ring camera or getting data from a ring camera? And to that, it's like, well, 
at Motherboard, we did 20 articles about how ring cameras are being used by police. Yeah, we led, uh, cover- how- we led coverage on that, and that didn't exist. As in, you couldn't subpoena ring cameras until, obviously, people made ring cameras and cops discovered you could do that. It's the evolution of that. Right. And so that, so one, that's very concerning to me. Like it's, I don't think that that's great. I think it's, it's concerning. Uh, the difference though is a ring camera is affixed to a fixed location on private property, like on property that someone owns. These driving robots are using public taxpayer funded infrastructure, like public sidewalks. And they're driving around. They're not fixed. They're just moving around at all times, recording everything that they see. So they're moving around on public infrastructure. And it's, I'm not saying that this is the worst thing that's ever happened, but I'm saying that one, people should know that they're filming and that that footage is, can go to the cops. And two, it's like a discussion that the community should have. It's like, do we want these things that have other negative externalities like getting in the way of wheelchairs, crashing into trees? Like literally while I was sitting and watching them, I watched one drive into a tree. I'm not even kidding. I watched one drive directly into a tree. That's good. Um, they're getting, in, they're scaring dogs. Like a lot of dogs bark at them because the do- some I dogs. I named dogs. Do <laughs> <laughs> My dog does not bark at it. Mango doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mind. Um, but it's like it's a discussion that we should have because they're not paying the city to, to deploy these. They're just they driving said, can, around. One thing that really bothered me is after you filed this story, I was looking at the company's website and one of the earliest pitch videos for the company, the CEO, one of the first things he says is that they have to be responsible because they operate on sidewalks and the sidewalks are a public space. And that is very true. And I think... As you said, these things have been deployed without really asking the community or like examining the consequences. And traditionally, there has been a lot of discussion about how we deploy things in public spaces, right? It's like with electric vehicles and scooters and all this stuff, there's like, well, how are, you know, hearing impaired people going to notice these things coming? Or like, how is this going to affect people in wheelchairs and stuff like this? And not only did we not have this discussion, it has now like clearly not everybody is thrilled with them and it has escalated from not just not having a discussion it's like now every robot that you see is implicitly backed by the LAPD you know what i mean <laughs> so it turned from like it's like these robots that we don't like to like you better not look sideways at this robot or like a squad car is going to pull up it's really really not cool well and there's a few different social media accounts of like film these robots fucking up like one of these serve robots drove through what was thought at the time to be an active shooting situation like it drove directly under the caution tape at hollywood high school last year in footage that i also wrote about and went like very viral it's like these things are not on the level um i would argue (laughs) And then there's a lot of people who are fucking with them, who are pushing them over, who are putting cones in front of them, who are who are doing whatever. And it's like, on one hand, these people are, you know, dis- destroying or bothering property. On the other, there's a reason that many of them are doing it. And the reason that they're doing it is, you know, a, an act of Luddism, as uh, 
my friend Brian Merchant would say in his new book, <laughs> Blood in the Machine. But no, this came up. This came Good up plug. when I was talking to him. And he's like, this is basically what the Luddites did. They smashed the, the machines or they fucked with them. And it's like an act of protest. And if you're not actually destroying the robot, you're not actually causing any harm, but you are being filmed. And that footage can be given to the police, either voluntarily or under threat of court order. It's yep. not great. Yeah. yeah if I pick exactly. one up and take it down the street, is that stealing it? Am I going to get convicted of grand larceny? Well, That's kind of I really want to see what the court case is because the LAPD won't tell me the names of the suspects and it won't tell me the court case. And I've gone back and forth. I've challenged it, the redactions in the FOIA uh, because they didn't successfully steal the robot. The robot is fine. And yet they were charged and apparently convicted of grand larceny. I understand like attempted murder is a crime, but it's a robot. It's a, it's a <laughs> robot. And it's like, it's not even really like attempted burglary where you break into someone's house. It's like they picked up the robot that was on a sidewalk they put it into a truck and it drove off of the truck. Yeah. If I put my stuff, if I put my laptop out on the sidewalk and someone picks it up and takes it down the street and puts it down, did they attempt to steal it? That's my private property on public property. We should, uh, we should try that out. Should I go try it? Yeah. Go put my laptop <laughs> put some wheels and a camera on it as well. <laughs> I mean, that's I, mean I would say that's an attempted robbery, whether a court is going to convict someone right. that picked up, your laptop off off the street, walked it down the street and put it back down. Probably not. Like, probably not. Yeah. I don't think that the LAPD is going to, you know, try that case. It, it doesn't seem worth it. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons. If I'm in partnership with the LAPD and I'm scratching their back when they scratch mine, you know, it's right. a different and, and the very last thing I'll say, I know we we're basically at time, but um, Serve Robots also asked the LAPD to clean up the homelessness problem in front of its office because they were, quote unquote, taking up the sidewalk. And Supremely ironic. Yeah. Extremely ironic. This was yeah. one of its, you know, high level executives. And so it's just, it's very ironic. And it's like these people don't really have. And gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure we'll be keeping uh, an eye on that company and others like it and their relationship with law enforcement one thing i'll just say before we do leave uh listeners of last week's episode would have remembered that we covered a taylor swift fan tiktok account that was using facial recognition tech to dox random people online um since we recorded that and now recording this one that account has deleted all of those uh dozens of doxing videos so just to close the loop on that story as well but with that i will play us out as a reminder 404 media is journalist founded and supported by subscribers if you wish to subscribe to 404 media and directly support our work please go to 404media.co You'll get unlimited access to our articles and an ad-free version of this podcast. Another way to support us is by leaving a five-star rating and a review. Here is one of those reviews from Wu Banger. I'm so relieved that these guys haven't thrown in the towel. As a team especially, they consistently produce content of the highest quality. Well, thank you very much. This has been 404 Media. We will see you again next week. <laughs>